This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hello and welcome to Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. It's the podcast where I sit down with an extraordinary person and they share their story. They may have overcome some kind of adversity or they might still be on that journey, but with stories that will make you laugh, cry and hopefully feel that little bit inspired. Today on the podcast is a woman who is passionate about educating and making changes in a different world to the one she grew up in. Lucy Edwards is a broadcaster, content creator and disability activist with a rare eye condition which took away the sight in her right eye at the age of 11 and left her blind at the age of 17. In this life-changing moment, Lucy had two options, to let her condition define her or to take control back. So after taking to YouTube to share her experiences and gaining millions of views for her videos, Lucy became the first British blind person to pave the way for change on the platform. In 2019, Lucy became the first ever blind presenter to host on BBC Radio 1 and in October 2021, she became an ambassador for the global hair care giant Pantene. Now at 26 years old, Lucy's motto in life is that she's blind not broken and we are so honored to actually have her here in real life <laughs> not on zoom <laughs> Hi, Hello. thank you so much for having me uh, i'm really excited um to be here together today um so we are colleagues we are indeed pantene girls together <laughs> yeah oh my gosh swish swish <laughs> i mean maybe we should audio describe <laughs> we're very silky and glowing <laughs> you're a redhead i'm a blonde um are you a natural redhead yeah um well i have low lights of red so when my hair does grow out i do dye it and enhance the color but like it doesn't look too bad when it grows out you know what about you are you natural blonde well i'm similar to you i had a bit of a tweakment um yeah, yeah i kind of, i was like blonde growing up and then it just sort of went a little bit insipid and now I have highlights. So, oh nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so although we're colleagues through Pantene, we haven't really sort of spent much time together because of lockdown. Yeah. And we met once, you came on Loose Women as a guest. I did. Um, but that, that was brief. So we were fleeting. Yeah. <laughs> so this is our kind of first sort first of... First girly chat. Yeah. And, and I think for me, you know, I, I first discovered you uh, before Pantene on those platforms that I mentioned in that intro on TikTok, Instagram. And, you know, I never want to compare um, my situation to yours because I I will never know what it, your life is like. But I, you know, I'm blind in my left eye, which obviously is a different quality of life to, to you. But I experienced not having eyesight um, in hospital, where, you know, when both of my eyes were damaged. But my, my right eye, I now have 75% sight in it. So I got drawn to your content 
because I understood a, a tiny fraction of what of what some of your life is like. Mm. And I too was very ignorant and naive and, you know, like shamefully admit I fall in that category of like, wow, look how you do your makeup, look how you blend the eyeshadow, you're so glamorous. And, you know, I, I feel a bit sort of foolish and embarrassed to say that now. But I think a lot of people will be listening to this and will expect you to fall into a stereotype and a box and a certain image that they will have in their mind of somebody that doesn't have eyesight. So blow it all out of the water for me now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless you. Well, I just want to say, just from the offset, thank you so much for um, chatting about my content in that way. It means so much to me. And I think um, that's why I do it, though, Katie. Like, we're not educated on blindness at all in our workplaces, in our education systems. So I just wanted to say off the bat, like it's not your fault that you necessarily thought that way about blindness. I did when I first lost my vision. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to cope. I'm not going to be able to be Lucy anymore. And when I eventually did lose my eyesight. I sat there with a tub of Ben and Jerry's ice cream on really strong antidepressants mm. going, what do I do now? Because our society is not built for me anymore. So um, yeah, but as you say, like that's why I started to upload videos because I feel that's the way I can reach an audience. Mm. Um, and I think that's why How Does a Blind Girl was born and it got so popular because I was just doing everyday things. I was just showing people how I pour a glass of water and, you know, how I blend my eyeshadow. And it, it does resonate with people's kind of journey to self-acceptance again because I actually do love myself now. I don't want to be sighted. So, yeah. yeah. It's a really interesting question, isn't it? Of like, what do you do when society tells you your world's over? And I remember after I was burnt being interviewed by journalists who their heart was in the right place but their questions were like what will you do now you'll never get married and what we what what would you plan to do for a living and and and, and me being sort of quite depressed and anxious and vulnerable in those early days thinking they're right what will i do there's no place mm. for me in society mm. and you know you've been faced with that predicament where society tells you you are now less than and a lot of people listening to this they may not have been on the same journey but it may be some kind of in invisible scar invisible disability that makes them feel not enough you know what, what how do you find that within yourself to go against the grain because it, it is going against what it we're is. told and conditioned isn't it it is and I think there is a tendency also to be positive mm. um all of the time and I think you know it's really just I'm going to say right now I'm not positive all the time you know you can't mm. be it's not human I live in a sighted world we don't live in a world where you see people with visible differences on the TV all that often you don't see people with disabilities you you are definitely put in a box in our society and you know I didn't accept that to start with you know I would go in a taxi um, with my guide dog, then guide dog Olga and I've got guide dog Molly and they would refuse me entry and you know I'd be sworn at or and this is like in you know 20, 2015 2016 mm. and suddenly I'm this girl who's like standing up for myself and needing to know who I am in that moment at age 17 like standing up for my rights and I mean that 
that's where I got my confidence through needing to have it through necessity and like telling people around me like this is how I access documents even though I didn't really know how I access documents to start with or like how I did all of these things I was learning on the job really but um you know I think it it really is just telling yourself every single day that you know you are worthy I'm not broken and at the and I remember you know going to all these eye hospital appointments as a young girl um it's not their fault that you know I I was trying to find a cure back then but looking for that cure and thinking about me being sighted again was detrimental to my mental health and um you know I found that I was putting myself in that place where um I I just didn't I didn't know who I was anymore because I'd wake up and I'd be like well I want to be something different or I want to be the old Lucy and um it was really bad back then but I think I think learning about the social model of disability really did help me in knowing that it was the world around me that needs to be fixed yeah you raise a really important point there and I don't know if this is the right terminology but I, I kind of call it medical anxiety and anyone that's got any kind of disease or disability or or has been sick with anything chronic will know there comes a point when the appointments are bad for you mm. and you're right you go there with expectations your expectations aren't met you also get really helpful friendly people being like have you tried celery <laughs> yeah. of her fish, fish oil <laughs> and you're just like fuck sake and like you know fish oil is not gonna bring it back like but then and then it's just really hard to do try glasses yeah it's just like I had a friend that went to Brazil and got this magnifying glass and you're just like and then obviously you try to be kind and like and and it's hard and like also behind every outpatient's appointment is stressful commutes parking Mm -hmm. queuing where NHS one appointment takes a day just in the waiting area and I think a lot of people don't understand but as a patient you have to sometimes know when to say that's enough now It's totally something I've talked about with my psychologist, actually, Mm. knowing that, you know, after that trauma, after talking about that moment that I took that blindfold off on my left eye and saw nothing. Well, I saw the the consultant come in in his jeans and saw one of his fingers and I literally had half of my vision gone and I was like, oh, this is my life now. Mm. And, you know, uh, there was no warning. As far as I knew, it all went well, but as, you know, it meaning it, <laughs> it as well as it could have been, you know, at yeah. that point. So, I mean... That moment, I've been through so much with my psychologist and she said, look, it is okay to to be angry. Mm. It is okay to be angry with your consultant, even though, you know, logically he's done his very, very best and I will never blame my consultant, but I do have anger. I, I do think that surrounding the time like Moorfields Eye Hospital is a very bad place for me uh-huh. mentally now like and I've never necessarily admitted this on anywhere before I think um you know going there I have to be in the right mindset I have to prepare myself the last thing I ever saw was the ward at, at Moorfields Eye Hospital and um you know working through all those feelings was hard yeah yeah, yeah, it's quite triggering, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, we, I'm sort of talking as, as if the whole audience know and understand your your sort of background of, of what happened with the condition. And 
not everybody does. And I suppose one thing that stands out for me, you talked about being 17 and having to be assertive in your career, um, in day-to-day kind of logistics and taxis and stuff. And the first thing I think is, wow, 17 is still a child and Mm -hmm. not many of us feel assertive at 17. But actually you first lost your sight at 11, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, a school age child. Um, So did you have to become an adult at 11 did you know yeah I mean to be honest Katie I think at 11 I blocked it out so much I had cane lessons with my mobility instructor shout out to Terry she's amazing um and she'd be like loose you need to lose use your cane and I'd be like no Terry it makes me look different yeah so I would bargain with myself and be like I'm not visually impaired it's fine Mm. I'll just walk down the road and I'll bump into a few things but you know Grazes make people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, it's, it is, it's sort of optimism mixed with denial, isn't it? Yeah, totally. It's, it was definite denial. And I remember my mum was like, you're so snappy when you go to your eyesight appointments. And it's like, that. I was like, mum, I'm so sorry. I love you. You're a saint. And I, I know it's the only time that I'm thinking about it as, mm. as that young girl. Um, so I hated my eyesight appointments back then. And then I think... Um, you know, bargaining with myself to to know that I had to do cane lessons. I, I mean, they tried to give me braille lessons, bless them as well, but I would just squint until the end. I remember even when I started to develop after 11, my eyesight condition, incontinenti pigmenti, meant that um, I developed a cataract in my remaining left eye that eventually went blind at 17. And um, basically that meant that I was going blind from the cataract and then they had to take the cataract out and it eventually detached my retina at the back. But um, basically at school, I would be like my best friend, Connie, bless her. She was like, I was like, Connie, I really don't want a TA. I really don't want to look different. So we sat at the front and she'd like write all of her notes and I'd just copy her notes down or she'd... Let's hope she wasn't thick. (laughs) (laughs) No, not at all. She is so just the notes that we were doing on that day, you know, day to day, the board really. She was like, I'll write whatever the teacher is writing on the board Mm. so you can see it. And that lasted for like two weeks and then I felt really guilty because I was like, Con, I need to admit that I have a teaching assistant now. Yeah. So then I got one and, you know, I remember holding my my friend's hands when I first had my white cane out. But honestly, Katie, like, I, I went blind at 17 and I had the operation. I was off for a month and then I came back and everyone was asking my sister, like, I didn't know your sister was blind. Is it a sudden condition? And it was like, yeah. it was like I was almost a chameleon. Yeah. And yeah. I pretended for so long that I was not what I was. And yeah. then when I was blind in my head I was like oh (laughs) this is happening now and then I went into deep depression so yeah yeah it was like admitting it really but Um, I I think that's understandable because I think when people think about being blind they think about it happening to someone in an accident or just being born that way mm -hmm. and I think when we're young we're anyway trying to find out who we are our identities navigate our way through life um and i i can totally identify with this sort of like pretending it's not happening and and denial and it sometimes that's the easiest way and we're not shown any other way like you said you are on the job trying to make sense of this and make the best of this whatever that means mm-hmm. and and i suppose at that stage you don't really know know what that means no. um you, you touched on Connie there. What about everyone else around you, like family and other friends? How did they react at that time in your life? 
Yeah, I mean, I am so, so lucky because I still have the friendship group today that was around me at school, you know. I'd still get tipsy at the pub and we'd mm. have like a signal for each other, like a hand signal that they'd be like, yeah, here you go, two taps for getting on the dance floor, you know. Because yeah. when I was on the dance floor, I was, you know, just literally hearing the music and then my mates, like my boy mates would circle me and just make sure I was okay and I'd like dance in the middle. So I was really fortunate to have them and I still do. I love them, shout out to those lot. And um, same with my mom and dad, like they were really, really supportive. They bought me every bit of technology. Me and my dad, bless him, um, you know, I I found it quite traumatic actually to go back on the computer and learn loads of screen reader softwares because basically my dad bought me up on computers and that's what we did for fun. And he's a technical author and um, all the memories of sort of like playing Mario Kart with my sister and things like I couldn't do anymore. So um, learning a screen reader for me was, um, I did it with my dad, but yeah, it, it was trial and error. I was like, dad, I know where to click because I just can't do it. He's like, it's okay, Luz. Um So yeah, and uh, yeah, my mom, my sister, is really supportive now my sister works with me on my business along with my fiance ollie here and uh, yeah me and ollie we i saw ollie before i lost my vision and then i went blind and i yeah i i uh i, I absolutely love ollie shout out to him and i just think without him in the midst and being so close to my family like all of us are just such a tight unit mm. i couldn't have done it without any of them so yeah This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. You may have heard of the podcast Juicy Scoop. Wondered what it is? Why aren't you listening? Well, I'm its host. Created it. Been doing it for seven years. I'm Heather McDonald of Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. Now, I could tell you why you should be listening to my show. But my listeners wanted to write the ad for me. And here are some of the things they said. Not your regular juicy podcast. Catch up on all the juicy topics from Hollywood and pop culture to true crime and beyond. Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoop always has great guests, great laughs, and great gossip. It's a comedian's take on the hottest headlines. Juicy Scoop is the pop culture news you want to hear. No BS, no filter, no filler. Raw, real, and in the moment. Throw in the hilarity of amazing comedians that you'll instantly be obsessed with, a juicy crime story, and a dash of normal life in LA moments, and you've got yourself an amazing week of Juicy Scoop. Two episodes every week, every Tuesday and Thursday. It will never let you down. Well, I wondered what, because, you know, this makes me sound really old. You, like, to me, you're young, 26, you know, I'm, I'm 38. Yeah. And I wondered what your life was like in, well, you're still in your 20s, but in your teens and 20s, because my 20s, you know, when I was burnt, I was 24. And then most of my 20s was sp- spent as an inpatient. And then when I was an outpatient, I had like um, a feeding tube, a peg, I had a bag, a nutrition bag on a, a medical backpack thing on my back. And... I was just always bandaged and infected and stuff. So I never Mm. really did regular stuff in Mm. my 20s. Mm. And I wondered, I mean, the word regular is is a very broad word. I don't really know what that means anyway. But I wondered, what was your 
20s and your life like you know you've talked about ollie you've talked about drinking you've talked about going out mm. you know did, did you do the things that we see 20 year olds doing in society so that's yeah i, I always like those i always put my best put, foot forward so those are the highlights and i definitely did have moments of that but it's such an interesting question casey because i me and ollie would go out on dates and and it would be lovely we'd mm. go for a meal and then we'd want to go to the cinema and then we'd have oh well there's no audio descriptive headset for you so then i would go home crying because i would only be like 17 and we'd be on a, like a cute little teenage date and then suddenly boom you know like yeah and trying to be spontaneous yeah. and not planned out <laughs> yeah. and not having to pre-ring and exactly. find that out and then yeah. pasta on my chin like yeah just all those like little but big things when you're that age like it was just it was a lot and I remember you know my all my friends went off to university um I went blind in the middle of my A-level studies and um I retook the year because I just really just could not get out of bed Mm -hmm. and do my coursework because of mental health because of mental health Mm -hmm. yeah and also you know I dictated all of my exams to a teaching assistant, so I st- I had a hundred percent extra time, mm-hmm. and um, because I didn't really know a screen reader or a braille, because I just didn't want to use it because I thought society said it was taboo and all these different things that that stopped me doing that until I really really had to, um, which I now advocate so so much for. Um, I basically dictated it all. So every comma, every full stop in my uh, in my English A level, I got an A. But wow. I was like, I had to dictate everything. So yeah. um, you your know, patience must have had to improve. You must be yeah. such a patient person. Oh, I don't know. I think, uh, hopefully, I don't know what my family would say. But yeah, I I I do really. I, I did test myself in that that back then I didn't really understand what it was like to you know be completely independent with sight loss but you're not going to until you kind of try and navigate kind of the next couple of years as this me in this body but I think ultimately my my friends did go off to uni and there were times where I wasn't there for them and I couldn't Mm. be there for them um because I was so poorly you know but it's hard because I don't know how you feel but for me, like, I got to the point in my life where I was like, this is me now, I accept it. And actually, I'm okay with it because I've been through so many medical procedures. I now place a lot of value on not being dead, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and also yeah. being physically able in lots of ways with my with my limbs, with my brain, with lots of other senses, you know. And what society placed emphasis on is the symmetry of my face, the texture mm. of my skin and, and, and it being disfigured and that not being desirable. And I remember when I was really depressed and really struggling and, you know, the truth like you said is it is a problem in society when I tried to date when I tried to go to clubs I did have negative experiences and I remember feeling really frustrated thinking god but my biggest problem in my life shouldn't matter because I can still work Mm. I can still have sex Mm. I can still go clubbing I can still enjoy life but it massively does matter and it was so frustrating and I think you know I look at you now and, and like I said I sit opposite you as your colleague at Pantene and when I see your adverts on telly of Pantene you're attractive you've got healthy shiny glossy hair you've got everything a hair ad needs (laughs) and and if I could have seen you in that hair ad in the beginning of my journey 
would it have changed other people's perceptions of me when I dated them? Would it have changed my self-esteem about my own journey? And it's so long overdue. I've wondered if you share those frustrations or, or if actually you're elated, you're absolutely elated and thrilled at how far we've come. Like, I just wondered your kind of view on like really the biggest problem we have doesn't exist in our heads. It's just manufactured by other people. I think ultimately when... I got the call to say I was a Pantene ambassador. I wanted to fall through the floor. I didn't understand. I yeah. was like, oh my gosh, me? Yeah. Um, because there's so many opportunities that I haven't been able to do or, um, you know, I tick a box in, in some scenarios, um, but then, you know, people don't necessarily uh, kind of accept me in in different ways in 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 society and I think um you know I echo your sentiment that if I saw myself as a young person when I was googling blindness Mm. and I was you know really really low and and wanting answers and then I popped up oh my gosh I would have felt seen and heard you Mm -hmm. know and we're actually seeing Pantene as a massive brand now stand by blind consumers and not only put me on the face of their advert but actually say hey we're going to put Navalens a barcode that you can scan with this free app and you can know exactly what is in your hand and I hadn't known what was in my hand for nine years yeah Um, this is the QR code technology isn't it the QR code technology and um you know, I first did that with Sam Latif, who's the the head of disability at Procter and Gamble, and she she was like, "Loose, come in and scan these scan these shampoo and conditioner bottles." And I just cried, Katie. Mm. I'm not going to lie; yeah. still makes me feel really emotional now. That you know, at the end of the day, this isn't tokenism, and and the and honestly, like there's there's been a lot of kind of tokenism in in my career today and I'm kind of I I get really nervous talking about it but it is a massive issue and I think um it's not all in our heads no you know it's not all in our heads and um now I think with the pandemic I don't know if you felt this a wave of acceptance in in different brands and industries and and seeing Mm. a true person's authentic self means more now than it ever has previously um yeah I don't know about you yeah no I think you're right I think there's more willingness to understand others there's more empathy um basically the whole nation has experienced what it's like for everything to change in an instant Mm -hmm. and that's what's happened to people collectively and now they're like oh wow there is some fragility around life (laughs) yeah yeah. I mean going back to that QR code I think it's so amazing that your legacy I mean I'm talking like you're dead now Um, (laughs) but it is it is an amazing legacy to think blind and visually impaired customers because of you because of Lucy Edwards for the first time in their life will be able to pick up a product and understand the ingredients understand what it will do to their hair that's quite trailblazing of you and of, of Pantene yeah honestly this this QR code changed my life in an instant you know now it's it's I want it to be everywhere Katie I want it to be on every single product because you can just I honestly just walk into a Boots or Superdrug and hold my phone up and it says 15 feet away and it it's 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 honestly mind-blowing I I I I would have never thought that in my hospital bed as me um Lucy Edwards just turning on my voiceover on my phone for the first time would ever have 
the ability to shop for myself. I know that sounds horrendous, but I just, I lost hope on that a long time ago. And hope has been a word that I haven't had for a lot of things for a long time. And um, I just, I didn't truly believe that a brand would do it. I'm not going to lie to you, but um, I can't believe that it's happened even now. And I sit here going, I'm the face of that. That that's so you're the cool. leader, yeah. yeah. And you've got the power to lead other people, other brands to to make this the norm. Totally. I mean, I think for me as well, it's about knowing every aspect of what the ingredients are, how much it is, where it is on your shelf. And that's what Navalens does. Mm. But if you want to pick it up in the shower, you don't always have your phone in the shower. So I have so many ideas as well on how we can make packaging complement Navalens and Mm. maybe have a universal tactile language or, you know, only 10% of the blind population know Braille. So where can we go there? How can we innovate? How can we change things around um, to, to not only work for blind, people because Navalens doesn't work for just blind people you Mm. know we had um me and my manager we had a talk from Javier at Navalens and he actually scanned a German sign right um and it and obviously Navalens translated that into English and now Navalens is at Euston station so I know where what all the signs are for the first time at Euston on my own um and they're at Barcelona bus stops so yeah we can go to Barcelona and translate it just download Navalens Katie you know where you are so (laughs) That is going back to that word hope. That is hopeful. That that's a phenomenal. I mean, that's so so we're we're coming. We're catching up with what everyday society. All the representations we're catching up with other people's needs. It's really hopeful. Whilst we're talking about hair, we should actually talk about your hair more specifically. Um, (laughs) You are the ambassador of the new silky and glowing range. Um, I would love to know what is your hair care routine because I mean, obviously we're on audio here, but you have very shiny glossy hair and I'm like how does she get that what do you do (laughs) oh my gosh thank you so my hair care routine I honestly always do a hair mask on a Friday when I'm in my bubble bath nice (laughs) nice so yeah I I always have to do that on my mid lengths and ends but I absolutely love the silky and glowing shampoo and conditioner. I think they're game changing. I mean, I gave some to my sister-in-law for Christmas and she was like, Luce, I'm never going to go back because the conditioner just makes it, your hair feel so silky soft Yeah. when everyone feels my hair because I have a lot of blind friends as well. Okay. Um, I'm just like, feel my hair, guys. Please feel my hair. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, so yeah, I always, I, I actually um, shampoo twice, yeah. which is something my hairdresser told me to do because a lot of the, the you know, I use a lot of, um, I spray hairspray into um, a brush quite a lot of the time mm-hmm. and not straight onto my hair because I don't want it to feel crunchy. It's all about the feel for oh, me. that's a good tip. Yeah, okay. so... Um, yeah, so double shampoo, a condition, then spray the hairspray into your, into your brush, and it just it just makes it feel really nice. And I only wash my hair twice a week, so yeah, I'm a once a week sometimes. <gasps> Are yeah, you? I know because I'm blonde, my hair's slightly drier, so it doesn't it doesn't get as greasy. Fair enough. What do you do with the mask? Because on the packaging it says leave it in for two minutes. I go to bed with the I mask. Do. Yeah, oh, yes. my poor husband. Like everyone else gets the glamorous <laughs> me, and I go to bed with like a shower cap on yeah, yeah. and like a sort of sumo wrestler bun on top I'm like oh don't touch me (laughs) yeah I I swear by also silky pillowcases do you have one yeah yeah. (laughs) oh my gosh yeah speaking of silk and glamour 
we should talk about your wedding because yes. you, you're engaged and you're getting yeah. married. Yeah. Um, and you actually went on Gok Wan's TV show, Say Yes to the Dress, didn't I did. you? Um, and I've got this little quote here. He he described to you how you looked and he said, you look like a fox in the snow. Oh no, bless <laughs> you. I love Gok, he's so sweet. Um, he is what he says on the tin. I think, yeah, it was such a magical experience and we've had to postpone our wedding as probably this is many people's experiences during the pandemic. We're going to get married in 2020. But we're, yeah, our new date is about to be set in the next three weeks. We're going, uh, we're actually replanning all of our weddings. We had to cancel it twice. So, Mm -hmm. um, 2023, late 2023. Nice. And, um, we're thinking of a really sensory experience. So we're looking around quite a lot of botanical gardens and different things oh, wow. on how we can really, truly make it sensory. And Ollie is possibly, we've talked about him wearing a blindfold when I walk up the aisle um, and feeling my dress, like I felt my dress on the TV show for mm. the first time. Um, yeah, he's he's in the room right now, so I won't go to much deets about my dress because yeah. he's managed to like, even he hasn't seen it, which no, is actually a miracle. It. Yeah. Um, but he's blocked the word blind bride on his feeds <laughs> for this long. I'm like, bless him. But yeah, no, I'm so excited. And I think initially when I thought of being a bride, as I say, when I was younger, like obviously you think of that moment when you check yourself out in the mirror, in your dress. And I was so nervous when mm. I was going, when I was on the way to the studio to meet Gok. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to do this. And I just thought, you know, how am I going to feel standing in, you know, I always imagined me seeing myself and Mm. I think just got put the power back into my hands and said, no, Luce, like you are a fox in the snow. Imagine yourself in your head. He Mm. said, you know, before we started shooting, he was like, what did you used to see? Like where, where could you see yourself um, the best when you, when you had a little bit of a vision and I said in the snow and I always used to see things in the snow because it's really bright and white and light and if something was on the snow I'd always see it in detail so yeah it was really cute quite emotional I mean it's it's incredible I don't know if you follow Strictly Come Dancing yes. um, and did you follow Rose you know she yes. won with Giovanni yeah. and they did this incredible moment where they you know they muted all the sound they stopped the music and the audience you know supposedly for that moment felt what Rose it was like yeah yeah, yeah. and mm. I, su- I suppose actually that concept of Ollie being blindfolded walking down the aisle that's that's a similar take on that almost isn't it totally I think I I'm really I love what Rose did there I think mm. that whole dance really I don't know seeing her count the beat the music I was like oh my gosh I relate to you so much in Mm. that you know you have to go through like several different processes to just kind of do I mean I guess the same thing as everyone else and I I just I really related to her ability to just come out on top there in that situation and I thought wow you're you're a kick-ass woman you're amazing um and uh you know the processes that I go through just to kind of walk outside with my guide dog it's you know I've learned for years and years how to be a guide dog handler how to um you know 
count the steps to the next curb or learn how my guide dog Molly now, um, you know, learns routes, how we do that all together. And the thought processes that initially take a long amount of time when you're initially starting out on that journey, but maybe Rose or myself or yourself, Katie, has internalised them. And and now we just do them kind of as a day to day, you know, it is just our life now. So I do think this is why I find your online content so powerful, because what you're doing and what, what Rose is doing is you're taking away the fear for people because people's fear is you're not like me, you're mm. different. And actually what your content's showing is, no, I have to find a different way mm. to get to the same point that you get to. Yes. But I do get there. Yes. And it's just and it's it's just a different way. But my my destination is your destination. And I and I feel like that's the taboo and and the fear that you're removing with your content. Um I saw Rose being really well received by the mainstream, which I thought was encouraging. But I wondered, like, when I look at your content, it, it it feels like it goes really well. You're really popular. Do you ever get negative reactions on social? Is social ever a negative experience for you? Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of times where I have blocked out kind of, I don't know, <laughs> wonky eye mm-hmm. or um, why is she looking the wrong way or why can't she just look at us when she's talking to us, you know a lot of our communication is very nonverbal in mm. our society especially on video so you know looking at those comments is never a, a good time for me but we have a lot of filters these days on TikTok and YouTube yeah. and i think you know if i was doing this when i first started out on YouTube and i i went viral like i did back in 2020 i don't think i would have been able to cope with the comments that i get but now i put them in their place i see that people don't know what it's like to be blind and has never seen a blind person so they don't necessarily have what it's like as a true representation of blindness in their mind they have stereotypes they you know say all of these different things but it, i i try not to let it affect me katie but yeah i know it's it's a massive thing bullying on social media yeah and I suppose, actually, ultimately, you've been through much worse in your real life and, yes. and things you've had to contend with and take on. Mm. Um, I always ask every every guest, you know, kind of, oh, what's next for you? What's your hopes? What's your dreams? Mm. And when I think about you, you are so accomplished for 26 years old. You know, it's like some people are still figuring out what, what they're going to do with their adult life. They don't even feel grown up yet. Yeah. And, you know, you're accomplished as a broadcaster. You, you know, I don't know if you identify as an actor activist but I see you certainly as a trailblazer and as somebody that's sort of not looking around for others to change or sort of implementing a lot of change what do you sort of hope to do next and uh, you know are things heading in the right direction for you do you have sort of are you one of those people that works on a 10-year plan like what are your ambitions (laughs) I love it I have my vision board I don't know whether you do Katie yeah I love it um I always say that when I lost my eyesight, I gained my vision and that's why I do my vision board on my brow note. I think, um, yeah, for me, it's about the next couple of years. I think I spent a lot of time in my childhood thinking, oh, well, next week will be okay or next year will be okay and I I know I don't like where I am now and I I hate today, but tomorrow will be something different. And Mm. now... You know, I've taught myself to be like, no, I've got to live in this moment that I'm in. I, I, I'm going to live today. Um, so, yeah, that's why I've got my year plan or two years. I don't think too far in advance. And um, I am 
very much writing down a lot of things. Mm. Um, I have very much a lot of ambition for tactile packaging, the way we access beauty products even more, not only working with Navalens way more, but how can we truly make our makeup completely accessible? Mm-hmm. I'm also doing um, a show presenting on the travel show on BBC um, and I'm going to Kenya to produce a documentary all around uh, blind safaris um, and hopefully just doing a bit more on telly. So, yeah. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> really fascinating. And a lot, a lot of it feels like firsts as well, which yeah. which in a way is crazy to say in 2022, isn't it? Because it's all really valuable content and stuff that we would everyone would be interested in, not just people within your community. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I always think, wow, you know, has a blind safari ever? been on the telly no No. I'm the first for that as well it's um yeah it is a bit weird when I when I say it out loud but I think also it's just really good that we are bringing this to the mainstream and I I love what you said when I was on Loose Women and you you stood by me and I just I absolutely think that we you know disability is becoming mainstream now whether we like it or not I know we're behind the times like in 2022 you know we I should not be the first blind person on telly doing a safari or yeah Chris but McCor- you are yeah but, yeah but Chris McCausland shouldn't be the first comedian to to do what he's doing and you know but you know I am and but we're changing things and that's the main thing and we're here now and this is what's happening now so yeah and yeah. you are going to be that person to all these younger Lucys that I suppose you wish you could have met but actually you know sometimes in life you've just got to get on with it and just be what you wished was there you know and and actually I suppose you've gone past that journey of longing and not accepting and you've said right well it doesn't exist so I'll make it yeah you know and that's kind of like what you represent for me somebody that goes out there and and does it and makes it happen you're that for me Katie honestly you're such an inspiration to me and I know that word is banded around in the disabled community a lot but truly I think without people like yourself I wouldn't have the journey that I've had either and I think also So what I just want to say is that, you know, I've had many knockbacks. I've had people that don't necessarily understand my disability, Mm -hmm. that will never necessarily ever understand it. But it's about moving around them and and creating the opportunities for yourself. You know, if one door shut for me, if someone said, oh, we don't have funding to put a screen reader on X, Y or Z, or, you know, we, you know, your guide dog isn't allowed in here or whatever. I just said, well you're not getting in my headspace you're not getting in my psyche I'll have a psychology appointment about that and uh, tomorrow is a new day and I'm not going to take no for an answer for what I want to do in my life Um, do you know what you that whole answer encapsulates to me why the most powerful tool and muscle that we all possess is actually the mind you know people may think it's the eyes they may think it's the ability to walk to use your hands but the mind is so important and that's why mental health is so important because the mind will take you to places and give you resilience and strength and give you experiences that no other feature on your body can do and I think so many people underestimate that and so many people place emphasis and importance on all the other parts of our body 
and I got to say they're getting it wrong, and you, oh. you, Lucy Edwards, are getting it right. <laughs> so <laughs> that, you, that's a, that's a good closing thought that the <laughs> world it. is all wrong and yeah. you're right. There you go. <laughs> yeah, listen to me, guys. You'll be absolutely fine. I promise. <laughs> that sounded like a really good like plug for a book. Yeah, that, that could be it. the strap line for the book. I, you're getting it all wrong, and I'm right. <laughs> yeah. I love uh, it. Do you know what? I, like you said, the word inspiration it, ha- it has become a little bit overused, and you know the title of the podcast is extraordinary, and I I hate to to sound patronising or condescending but you represent the title of the podcast Extraordinary People you've thank been you. extraordinary and thank you so much for, for sharing part of you with me and with the listeners today thank you Katie it's a pleasure thanks for listening to Katie Piper's Extraordinary People if you haven't already please follow where you get your podcasts also if you enjoyed this please help us spread the word rate and review the show or share on your socials <laughs>